Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I want to welcome you today to, well, I think it's going to be a great message. It's going to be something really, really, really encouraging. And you know what? Man, God wants you encouraged. God wants you enjoying life. God wants life to be incredible for you. And you know, all the things that we're sharing with you, whether it's in our Cyberchurch broadcast or whether it's in a series or books, always going to strengthen you. It's always going to build you up. Always going to be a benefit and a blessing to you. You know, I was thinking about this today, and I really hadn't even planned on putting this in, in my message I'm going to share with you. But just walking through the house, then I was the term popped into my mind that I hear people use where people just say, I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. You know, they'll be going through something hard, and they're like, I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. And, you know, that's great. And, and you know, but the problem is when somebody uses a terminology like that, there's no telling what they really mean. And so sometimes I'll ask them, well, what, what does that really look like? What does that mean? When you say you're keeping your eyes on Jesus, I mean, what, what, are, you, what are you really saying you're doing? And, uh, you know, some people just, man, they, they got it. They just go right to it. And they, they say, you know what? I am trusting God uh, in this situation. I know, you know, I, I know the promises of God. I know that God's going to come through. But it's amazing how many people I'll ask a question like that. And really, they don't have an answer. It's just more or less a cliche. And, you know, one of the things we've got to protect ourselves against is just using religious talk. Just, you know, religious terminology, religious cliches without having any real intentional faith and trust for God behind it. Because if there is no faith involved in it, it's nothing but just empty, powerless words. So, you know, today we're going to kind of go into a deeper, more practical dimension about the mysteries of the new covenant. And actually, this message today, I call it Sacrifices for the Heart. But I want you to know this is going to help you get very practical in understanding how when you're facing life challenges, you actually know how to keep your eyes on Jesus. You actually have a sense of what that really means in real life. Now, remember this. Uh, the new covenant is, like the, old, like the old covenant, it was instituted by sacrifice. And that sacrifice was the life of the Lord Jesus. And there was the shedding of blood. Everything that Jesus accomplished for us through his death, burial, and resurrection is a part of or based on the sacrifice that he made. And basically, remember, it's appropriated by the believer by grace and faith. And so you, you got to realize you can't have faith in something that, that you don't know. In other words, if, if just saying I got faith in God, that doesn't mean anything. Are you, I mean, what, I mean, does that mean you believe there is a God? Does that mean you believe God's a good guy? I mean, what does that mean? For so many people, having faith is like, I, well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm believing, so I can force God to do something. Well, if you got to force God to do it, then you obviously believe he doesn't want to do it, or even worse, you don't even believe that he really has already taken care of the problem 
through the Lord Jesus. So, you know, last week we talked about this, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. And by the way, you know, since I'm recording inside, because we're in all the recordings now differently, you'll see I'll be leaning forward every now and then. I'll be scrolling this information here just to make it, uh, uh, you know, just so I can keep up with where, where I'm going. But we learned last week that, that everything that God has for us in Jesus, according to the book of Romans, is to all and upon all who believe. This is not ultimate reconciliation. This is not the fact that because, because God has poured this out for us and provided this for us, it doesn't mean everybody's taking part of it. The only people that are taking part in what God has offered and what God is offering are the people who know what Jesus did for us and the people who actually believe that. So it's our responsibility to learn the truth. The Bible calls this the old man, or excuse me, renewing the mind. And then it's our responsibility when we discover the truth to do what the Bible calls putting off, sending away, getting rid of the old man. Now, getting rid of the old man is more than just getting rid of the old information. It's really repentance where, where we're, we're not just turning away, we're not just getting rid of bad information, we're turning away from that and turning to information that's based on the truth of God's word. And and really putting off the old man, this is where it gets into dying to self. You know, dying to self isn't going through a bunch of misery. It's not going through a bunch of hardship. It's not God punishing you. It's not God making life hard for you. It's not suffering. Die, the only suffering is, is, when, is when you don't want to give up, uh, you know, what you believe and you don't want to, you know, give up sin. You don't want to give up a corrupt lifestyle. But dying to self, you know, this is where we say, you know what? Based on what I believed, it was producing, it was, it was really transforming me in a negative sense into this person that had a limited life, into this person who was discouraged, into this person who always struggled, into this person who always had a pessimistic outlook. I, I'm, I want that person to die. Matter of fact, I don't want them to die. I'm going to let them die because the real truth is, and I can't go into this right now, that, that person really died with Christ. And if I accept that fact that that old person died with Christ, then I'll never have to taste death because I will accept that death based on the finished work of Jesus. And so then, because I've renewed my mind, because I've, I've discovered the truth about the Word of God, I'm going, I'm, going to, I'm going to send away the old man. I'm going to lean over and get something. And I am going to put on the new man. And again, this is more than just simply gathering and acknowledging new information. This is about believing in my heart, persuading my heart in a truth that's not just information. It's a truth that reveals who I really am and what I really have. So we learned that all God has for us is through a process. And that process, he made promises. And uh, Jesus inherited those promises uh, when he was raised from the dead. He gave them to us as his last will and testament, and this is called the new covenant, and we share in that covenant and all of its promises when we believe God, then we experience what the Bible is called calls grace, and grace is power, grace is strength, grace is capacity, but it's something that works from your heart. You can't earn it. It comes by unmerited favor. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, we... Even when we have that right information, we fail to focus our faith on the one thing that makes that information come to life. 
that transforms information from information to truth and, and transforms truth uh, to spirit and transform spirit into life in, in, in us. And so, so we have to look back at the sacrifice that Jesus made. And if we're keeping our eyes on Jesus, that's where we're looking. What was his sacrifice? What happened in his death? What happened in his burial? What happened in his resurrection? What happened when he was seated at the right hand of God? And how does that affect me? Now, <clears throat> I'll tell you, this message today, there's a lot of messages. I'm, I'm actually taking this series longer in our, to our cyber church community than I usually do because, you know, there are things in this message that are not in the series. There are things that are in the series that are not in the message, and the real truth is I'm still just scratching the surface because this is something I could probably preach on for 10 years and still really not have all, all that, that would, we would benefit from it. Now, when you say the word sacrifice, unfortunately, we have been so influenced by religious thinkers, by religious people. I mean, religious people are people who create their own system and their own approach to God based on what makes sense to them rather than just accepting what God presents. And so, you know, the, the, the church, I'm telling you what. Uh, there are great pastors and great churches out there, but those that are, they fight against the odds. They swim upstream because I'm telling you, most of the church has gone the way of the world and really has very little truth, very little foundation to help their people and help their people establish their hearts. And remember, we're talking about sacrifices for the heart, and this is really, really important. So we've been influenced by religious teachers that sacrifices were made to appease God, to move God, to compel God to do things, which of course all that means that you believe that God doesn't want to do things because you believe he's not a good God. But see, most of what we believe about sacrifices, most of what is taught in churches about sacrifices is actually based on pagan worship. Because remember, in pagan worship, pagan worship evolved uh, uh, largely based on the rise of the Nephilim in the Old Testament that set themselves up as gods and called themselves God. And, and you know, they, they, they you, you know, it, it's kind of interesting. It, it, watch the History Channel and, and, and all this stuff about ancient aliens. Uh, they don't know it, but they're actually talking about Nephilim. They're talking about people who had insights. They're talking about people who had power and strength and capacity. And they think they came from another planet. Well, they came from another dimension. They were fallen angels who had offspring that the Bible calls Nephilim. And, uh, and so they set themselves up as gods to rule over the human race. And man, people had to make sacrifices. People had to appease their wrath all the time. So in paganism, a sacrifice is when someone gives something of value. You know, it is a sacrifice. It's a loss. I'm giving up something of value to bribe this false god into not killing me today, to bribe them into giving me some kind of favor, to bribe them into uh, uh, responding to me in a positive way. And that's really how people view so much of what Jesus did and how much, even the sacrifices that we bring to God today, the sacrifice of praise, you know, uh, tithes and offerings, all those things, uh, serving God. People view those as things they have to do to keep God from getting angry and get upset with them. Well, that is not at all what the sacrifices of God were about under the old covenant and absolutely not in the new covenant.
Sacrifices are for our heart. They were designed to benefit and have an influence on our heart under the old covenant because God's always been a heart God because he's always been a faith God and he's always been a God of love. And love and faith are all factors of the heart. So in the old covenant, it's really interesting. When a worshiper brought a sacrifice, that worshiper was questioned by the priest to determine if they were in faith, to determine if they were sincere. Well, you know, right now, uh, the the, the one that does that for us is the Holy Spirit. I, am I really in faith? You know, what, what am I doing? Do I trust God? Do I trust? And in our case, do I trust what Jesus accomplished to the sacrifice? Every, every time I come to God, um, seeking to connect to any benefit of God, I need to be in faith. And I need to be in faith based on what Jesus accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection, i.e. his sacrifice. And, and many times, you know, if they, if they were coming because they'd been in sin or because they had bad attitudes or whatever, uh, uh, you know, they would be questioned, have you dealt with this? Is this something you're ready to leave behind? In other words, have you put off the new man? Do you accept what God is offering you? Are you responding to follow God on the quality of life and the call and the journey that, that, he, that he has called you to? And so then and only then could they make their sacrifice. Now, our sacrifice has already been made. Jesus already made the sacrifice. There isn't another sacrifice. There is nothing you can do for God. There's nothing you can do unto God that adds to anything that Jesus did. Uh, the only thing you can do is decide if you believe it in your heart. In your heart, And by the way, if you believe it in your heart, it changes your connection to God. It changes how you feel about God. It changes how you feel about yourself. It empowers you to a whole new quality of life. So uh, I want you to understand something. All offerings were sacrifices. This is, this is really important because we need to start with just understanding basically what a sacrifice is. By the way, before I jump in that, just let me mention this because um, you won't have much more time to participate. Don't forget, third weekend in July, every year we have World Changer Weekend. And I would love for you to be here in Huntsville, Alabama with us. We're going to have incredible praise and worship. We're going to be talking about the blood of Jesus. Uh, we're going to have testimonies from all over the world. Uh, we're going to have testimonies about people getting their life changed. We're going to let our world changers see where their, where their, what their gifts and offerings are doing for people all over the world. And uh, we would just love for you to be here. If you can't be here... You can go to our website, impactministries.com, or go to drjimrichards.com, whichever one you can remember. They both go to the same place. And you can participate online. But whether you're going to do it online or whether you're going to do it here in Huntsville, you got to register. Now, if you are a world changer, this is a gift to you, our way of just saying thank you. If you're not a world changer, there's a very nominal uh, registration fee just to cover our expenses because this is something for our world changer. But here in Huntsville, we don't have a we don't basically we just do this in our in our studio, and so we don't have a lot of room in there. And it's first come first serve. But again, praise and worship, teaching sessions, great food, great fellowship, great time here in Huntsville, Alabama. So be sure and come with us. So let's step, let's look at this word sacrifice. Remember in the Hebrew. One of the ways you understand what a word means, you know, there, there, we all know that a sacrifice, you know, is when you bring something, when you when you bring something, put it on the altar, you dedicate it to God. I mean, we understand the general concept of a sacrifice, but in the Hebrew language, one of the things you do, you always go to the root word, and from that root word, every letter 
has its own definition. And so you look at those letters and you get the definitions of those letters and it really broadens the scope of what that word means. And suddenly you go into, into incredible dimensions of what some very, very simple word means. Well, the word sacrifice in the Hebrew is spelled, uh, it's spelled zayin, uh, bet, ket. Now, these three letters, I'm telling you, I was so excited when I, when I was looking at this. The, uh, the zayin is, um, is a picture. Remember, all the Hebrew letters are based on pictures that have conceptual meanings. And they can all have a, a life or a death side. They can have a light side and a dark side, and all based on the context. But mainly, it's based on how you view it in your life. So uh, the zayin is a picture of a sword. Now let me, let me just show you the, the light and the, and the dark side. The picture of the sword is where you can trust God to fight for you. You can trust God to protect you. You can, you can trust God to defend you and to, and to lead you into safety. Or it can get into uh, uh, inappropriate aggression. It can get into you fighting battles in the name of the Lord where you're really just being aggressive and, and greedy and selfish and that sort of thing. So when you think about a sacrifice, you are thinking about the concept of first and foremost of God protecting you. So this sacrifice, what we understand from this is, is, that, is that when we bring this sacrifice, something is going to happen in my heart with God that brings me into this place of safety, this sense of God being my protector. Then the, then the, um, uh, and, and by the way, you know, it's kind of interesting because the Zayin uh, represents the seventh day and the seventh day, you know, is a day of rest. And so, and, and, the, and it's a number, the, the Zayin is the number seven. So, so it represents, represents this concept of, of everything is taken care of. All of your needs are met. God is there and he, and this is a day of rest. You don't have to go out and fight. And you know, it's amazing. Everything we've been taught about prayer, for example, is us trying to fight and force and do all the things that Jesus said not to do in prayer because we think we got to make this stuff happen. Now, the only thing we got to do is use our authority to bind or to lose uh, based on what Jesus did through his death, burial, and resurrection and just enter into that place of rest and trust God. The second letter in, in this word for sacrifice, the root word, is the word bet. And the word bet is the letter for heart. And so it's saying that in this sacrifice, there's going to be this sense of protection. There's going to be this sense of this realization of coming into this rest with God and affecting your heart. It's really interesting because the bed is also the number two. And so the number two represents your heart joining to God's heart. So if you're coming in faith, now remember, faith is not what you're doing to get God to do something. Faith is what you believe based on what God says he has already done. And so God's already given Jesus. God's already defeated the enemy for you. God's already delivered you from everything. You say, well, then why am I not enjoying deliverance? Well, maybe you don't believe in your heart. Maybe, you know, maybe you think you've got to make it happen. Who, who knows? But I can guarantee you this, 
it comes when you believe in your heart what Jesus has done for you through the cross. So what, what, starts, what starts happening in the sacrifice, and remember, God has given the sacrifice, so it's not so much that we're bringing a sacrifice as much as we are engaging our heart with the sacrifice that God made through the Lord Jesus. You know, one of the things about a sacrifice is sacrifice have value. And, and in the Hebrew, we understand that the purpose of sacrifices and offerings was to draw our heart to God, not to draw God to us. God never left us. God never quit on us. God never went away from us. God never abandoned us. That's, that's religious legalism there. That's nonsense. And so the problem is, though, we separate ourselves from God, and we don't recognize, and we don't recognize that, you know what? God never left me. I just left him. And so my heart joins his heart when, when, I, when I start looking for example, in the Old Testament, if I bring a sacrifice of value, because it has value, the Bible says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So you bring something valuable to God, it affects your heart. But when you come to God in the new covenant and recognize the value of the Lord Jesus Christ to God and the price that God paid for you, you suddenly start moving at a place where you know, you know, you know, if God gave Jesus life for me, he'll never abandon me. He'll never quit on me. He'll never give up on me. And so, man, I'm telling you, you start feeling safe. You start feeling protected. You enter into a place of rest and something happens in your heart where, where, where your heart really becomes a temple of God. And you start feeling and enjoying the presence of God. And then, and then the last letter in the root word for sacrifice is the kit. Man, I am telling you what, I, 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 of course, I, I love the meanings of all these letters, but the cat is the eighth letter. Now, creation was done in seven days. So the eight, the number eight, always represents a brand new beginning. Now, what's interesting about that is one of the ways that the, that the Hebrew believers looked at this is, is if all of creation was completed in six days and the seventh day was a day of rest, so that whole cycle of completion, of perfection, was brought about in seven days, then on that eighth day, the ket represents in moving into a, not only a new beginning, but in moving into a new dimension that is actually beyond the realm of natural creation. It moves us into a place that, that, that you can't even connect with in, in this world. Now, so all offerings are sacrifices. So every single offering in the Old Covenant and every concept of coming and giving an offering, a sacrifice of praise, giving financial, all of that has to do with us coming and really entering into this realm, realm and celebrating uh, uh, how much God loves us and the value that God has for us. And, and then really, really in all of these things, we're expressing our value for him. We're not trying to get him to do anything. We're expressing our love for him and loving what he loves and loving people and all this kind of stuff. But it just affects our heart. And what's really interesting, when you start looking at the word offering in the Old Testament, uh, there's not just one word for offering. Every different kind of offering. You know, there was a, there was the burnt offering, was a drink offering, there was a meal or grain offering, 
there was uh, I'm, talking, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry I'm just kind of going blank right there are all these different kinds of offers eight nine ten maybe maybe a dozen different kinds of offerings every Hebrew word for each one of those offerings is a different Hebrew word and actually reveals a different way that that particular offering, number one, affects your heart. Now, if all of these offerings have their fulfillment in Jesus, and they do, and the, and the word fulfillment doesn't mean done away with. The word fulfillment means brought to their true intention, brought to their ultimate goal. Uh, uh, actually fulfill. See, all of those offerings, they were just, they were types and shadows. They, they didn't really affect people's hearts beyond the faith that people brought. But Jesus' life not only just affects our heart, not only affects us in, in many, many positive ways, but it, Jesus' offerings cleanse our heart and actually expose us to the power of God's grace, which transforms us into what those offerings provide. For example, just like that word for sacrifice, you know, when you are afraid, when you're facing fear and you go to God and, and you acknowledge the offering that he has, the sacrifice that he's given you in Jesus, and you start acknowledging and renewing your, you know, renewing your mind and you start connecting yourself to the fact that he is your protection, he is your source. That's not just information that makes you feel a little bit better. That is something that causes you to enter into a place of peace and confidence in what Jesus actually has done for you. And I'll tell you, you find yourself then uh, just the grace of God. And remember, grace is God's power, God's ability, God's strength, God's capacity that comes by unmerited favor that works in your heart. And what does it do? It makes you free from fear. It, you experience transformation. You stop being, you, you don't just get out of fear in this situation, but you can transform into that person who is not fearful. But if you don't know that about Jesus, if you don't know that about the sacrifice that he made for you, you know what? Then, then, then you can't really operate faith in it. You, you, you can't really, you can't, you can't really say I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus here to overcome this fear because you don't know that that's part of the promise. You don't know that that's part of your covenant. So all the offerings and sacrifices have their fulfillment in Jesus. Every time we exercise faith in Jesus, faith for a particular promise, and when, and when our confidence is based on the fact that that promise came into reality through his sacrifice and through the blood, then suddenly we understand what it means now to have faith in the blood. Because remember, these sacrifices required the shedding of blood. And so we talk about the blood of Jesus. I can remember back, I can remember back in the early charismatic movement, charismatics were around, I plead the blood, I plead the blood, I plead the blood. And I'm, I'm like, well, what does that mean? And nobody knew. And I'm like, well, you might as well be saying Hail Mary. I mean, because if, it, you know, if, it, if it's not based on faith, then, then it's not really doing anything. What does it mean? But you know what? When you start realizing what the blood of Jesus means, that he was the sacrifice, that this covenant was put in place because he gave his life, and you start realizing that the, that the blood of all those bulls and goats, the blood of every sacrifice in the Old Testament was just a type and a shadow of what Jesus would provide for us in his sacrifice, 
Now, when you start talking about having faith in the blood, it does something in your heart. And it's, it's more than just something that's done because you get the information. The Bible says that, that when we do that, spiritually speaking, the blood of Jesus is literally sprinkled onto our heart and cleanses our conscience. Now listen, our conscience is the voice of our heart. And suddenly our conscience is clear. Suddenly we have that sense of being righteous in Jesus. Suddenly we have that realization that we are in him, that this promise, this covenant is sure. Suddenly we understand that uh, uh, everything that God has is ours and we have access to all of it. Listen, this is just phenomenal stuff. Next week, uh, I'm going to take you. I'm, I'm going to take you a little bit farther next week into the whole concept of, of, of coming into a place of peace, coming into a place where you're immovable, where you're unshakable. So be sure and join me. And listen, be sure and go to our website and check it out. And if you would like to help me take this message to the ends of the earth, you might want to become a world changer with us because we're changing the way the world sees God. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.